0: Good morning. Today is Monday, the 24th of July, and we're doing a special recording today because this is on my heart. I've titled this, Are We Being Played by Controlled Opposition? And God has put this on my heart. It's been there uh, starting in uh, about Christmas time. I wrote a paper on it in February, but now it's really expanded quite a bit as to what's happening in real time today. And I want to say for the record, I don't know the hearts of any of the people referenced in this discussion. So there's going to be people that you see in the clips that Don plays. So I don't want you to think that I'm throwing them under the bus because I'm not. My degree is DAD. That's all I am. I'm Grace's dad, and I'm seeking to understand. I know some people have decided to sell out to Satan and, you know, I hope they repent before it's not too late. Some are unknowingly being used by Satan. Regardless, I know my responsibility is to be a watchman on the wall relative to this revelation I've been given. So we're going to start by putting up a document on the screen that's titled, Are We Being Played? This document has been on Grace's website since February, but I've never gone through this slide publicly. So we're going to do that now. All right, the first page, you see the title, Are We Being Played? And it says, The Spiritual Dialectic is a Fight for Souls. And so this dialectic is Satan's dialectic. And if you realize Satan is only after our soul, he doesn't care how he gets it. This explanation will make sense. Don, I actually want to show the picture right at the bottom right now so people see where we're going. So what's being presented to us is the Great Reset on the evil side and then the Great Awakening on the less than evil side. But they're calling it the light side, and they're claiming it's good. And I want to show you through today's program and the explanation of this particular handout, that it is really another side of the same satanic coin. So we'll go right from the top now, Don. All right, so exposing the evil villain's dark side, the great reset dialectic set up the great awakening. This may be the single most important thing that grace's death opened up for me. And I give thanks to probably Alexandria for showing me that Satan has two sides of the same coin, the evil side and the less evil side. And God then showed me, Scott, don't use grace's story to simply expose evil. Make sure that you share the gospel message and that's really important to me so god put on my heart genesis 50 20 what you meant for evil i meant for good the saving of many lives and grace has been uh, instrumental in saving lives physically and spiritually and i'm i'm humbled to be used in that process so what does what does this mean say uh, satan's evil dark side so we see this evil agenda being exposed. So Died Suddenly, that documentary by Stu Peters did a great job. Dr. Artist continues to do a great job sharing what he has found that this whole COVID thing is not a virus. Uh, the hospital murder lane, which I'm in, uh, the banality of evil shows that this is a much bigger idea than COVID. And then even Tucker Carlson has brought up child trafficking before Fox fired him. And so it wasn't the sound of music that brought this to our attention. In fact, this has been brought to our attention and covered up by the Franklin um, cover-up back in about four decades ago. So then, why is this evil side being exposed? Because it ushers in the light side from the same villain, and that's the Great Awakening, which preys on our recurring idol. What's our recurring idol? The desire for men to provide safety and security. We want to do anything other than rely on God. And I call it out because when there's no repentance, it shows that the patriot movement movement is not from God. Our sinful nature wants to judge the actions of the players as good and bad. That isn't what God cares about. He cares about the heart. So QAnon, let's just talk about that for a minute. It shows our propensity to look for someone, a person, to save us versus standing on truth. How can you believe in someone who hasn't renounced the jab? Doesn't make any sense. So light is their common theme. God says Satan will masquerade as an angel of light. And that's what I am being called to explain today. And how is this possible? What they do, this is is a brilliant strategy of Satan. And it was first exposed in the garden, Genesis 3. You can read it. I'm gonna reference that a little bit later. It gets our attention on distractions. man-made dialectics prey EY on our sinful nature. So things like election fraud, the Ukraine war, the financial system collapse, the economic collapse, what's gonna be the next pandemic, taking away our constitutional rights. All these dialectics get us focused on the, the next thing that they keep sharing through propaganda so that we take our eye off the ball, which is God. And our responsibility is to God. And he tells us specifically, don't participate in this world. He says, Satan is the prince of this world. And we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. So how do we do that? We speak truth to power. We call out evil. We share the gospel. We disobey lies. We test everything against scripture. Those of you who have been watching what I've been sharing for a while know that grace died because of my fear i let the spirit of fear control me instead of relying on God, and grace is dead as a result of that. Uh, we can pray, of course. Uh, that's our direct communication with, with God. And don't fall trapped to the modern church. I mean, the modern church is in on this, much like the Jewish leaders and the Christian pastors in the time of the World War II, Holocaust. We have another Holocaust and they have watered down teachings of Romans 13 and 14 that are trapping a number of people. And then finally, look at time as urgent. I personally believe we're in the days of Noah and we have good being called evil, evil being called good. And it is important that if you see it that way to redeem the time, every minute matters. All right. So now all of that, by way of background, we're going to go into um, the discussion for today. So in, in just a quick summary of what you just watched, the great reset was never designed to win, but to deceive, to set up the great awakening. The great awakening is an inversion designed to play on the security and comfort reset which is the other side of the esoteric dialectic to steal souls. Satan's system is designed to trap us into the trap of evil versus less evil, a dialectic instead of looking to God. This first happened in the garden, Genesis 3, which I referenced earlier. And in Genesis 3, what Satan offered was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And good was in quotes. So he offered Eve the tree of the knowledge of evil and less evil. God always offered the tree of life, which is wisdom. The tree of knowledge is man's chase to figure out a way to solve a God problem. All right, so I'm gonna jump into some examples that are happening in real time today that shows this whole dialectic situation in the controlled opposition that I believe it is. So Don, can you pull up the Rand Paul clip first?
1: We now know the names of the three workers, the researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, who fell sick with COVID-like symptoms around November 2019, and they are Ben Hu, Yu Ping, and Yan Zhu. Do you think Ben Hu is patient zero? I think there's a very good chance he is, and I think there's a very good chance that this revelation should seal the conclusion that this came from a lab there really shouldn't be much question after this
0: okay so that interview went on to Rand paul saying quote i don't think it came from a lab i think it was in all likelihood an accident because obviously if the scientists got infected they wouldn't have wanted to be infected he said this in the same interview that was just played with sky news host sherry markson he also went on to say quote It's an example of how we need safer conditions, but also more scrutiny of this. The fact that they never published it, yeah, it could have been a smoking gun. All right, so is that the smoking gun? No, this sets up, this thing was never a virus. So by claiming it is a virus and leaked from a lab, that sets up an amnesty solution that we can now have a safer lab so that this never happens again. All right, we're going to play... A clip from David Martin next. Go ahead, Don. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say, no more gain of function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science, for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. Okay, so this clip is from a presentation in front of the European Parliament in May. And so you hear the conclusion. If these big pharma people have 100% product liability, we can let them go into the future. Well, this is, I, I can't hardly grasp that. The only person who could play sheriff is the government, and the government is in bed with big pharma. In fact, they already tried this. In 2009, Pfizer received a $2 billion penalty. And you just think about that, and when I look at that now, I see it was that $2 billion penalty, a PSYOP to show us our government is, able to take care of Big Pharma versus being in bed with Big Pharma. Obviously, they've shown their cards with the whole COVID side up. All right, we'll go to the next clip, Don. As a
1: practicing internist and cardiologist, we've been searching for uh, some type of approach that can help people who've had the infection multiple times, that is COVID-19 as well as taking uh, one or more of the COVID-19 vaccine shots because both the infection and the vaccines load the body with the spike protein.
0: Okay, so this seems innocent enough. However, in January of 2021, Brooke Jackson exposed Pfizer and exposed that this supposed vaccine was never a vaccine. It was a prototype and a bioweapon. So no testing ever needed to be done. So it is hard for me to grasp how somebody can still call this a vaccine. So that's the the issue there. So I see that the vaccine culture seems to be an underlying theme that is wanting to be pushed. And I think I know why. If you process what's, what's happening now, there is 100 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid before COVID there were only 62 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid. The excuse before COVID is we have to manage that uh, bureaucracy because it accounts for 39% of the US budget. Now it's over 50% of the budget. So how do we manage that bureaucracy? Well, we can manage it by killing people who are receiving benefits from Medicare and Medicaid and no better way to do that than convince them of a safe vaccine. All right, let's go to the next one, Don. I guarantee you, you can find Big Pharma's hand in every step of this, every step. And I wanna know when we're gonna have true congressional
2: investigations into the mass murder that occurred in these hospitals.
0: Okay, so now Tom Renz, this was from May, he jumped into the medical murder lane, which is the lane that we're in, and is calling for a congressional investigation. All right, well, so what's wrong with that? Well, I'm gonna have Don bring up the Obamacare section 1553. Now I'm gonna read right from that and come back to explain and connect some dots. So Obamacare section 1553 says, the government may not subject an individual or institutional healthcare entity to discrimination on the basis that that entity does not provide any healthcare item or service furnished for the purpose of causing or for the purpose of assisting in causing the death of any individual, such as by assisted suicide, euthanasia, or mercy killing. All right, so Congress passed this law and refused to appeal it. So the Democrats passed it unanimously, the pub, the Republicans refused to repeal it. So what does that tell you? We can't have a congressional investigation of hospital murders, because they put hospital murders on the agenda Legally on March 23rd of 2010. So how would Congress ever find Congress did something illegal? It doesn't make any sense. Process what happened on November 14th of 1986. That's when the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was passed and signed by Ronald Reagan into law. How has that worked out? People are being killed, maimed. And there's no liability. So when you call for a congressional investigation, anytime that's called for, in especially in today's environment, I, I cannot I cannot get there. All right. So then you think about all of these guys are smarter than I could be on my best day by tenfold. But the mainstream media has left all of this. Um, by the wayside you have to go to alternative media to even get into these type of discussions but a couple of weeks ago in the on june 20th nbc news jumped into the game so don this is a little bit longer clip but it's worth hearing all the way to the end so this is a four minute clip go ahead don
3: marisol perez had a virulent case of covid and pneumonia when she arrived at this hca hospital in 2021. She was just 42 years old.
4: I kept getting moved from room to room. The rooms got smaller and smaller. The last room I was in, that's, that's where the worst of it was. I could feel myself
3: dying. Doctors put her on a ventilator and into a coma. But after kidney failure and a series of mini strokes common in COVID, About a month after her admission, staff began urging her mother, Alma Salas, to transfer her daughter to end-of-life care and let her die.
4: I felt like he was trying to pressure me. Hey, do you really want to live your life taking care of your daughter in a vegetative state for the next 30 years? I just looked at him and I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm not going to let her go.
3: Another time, she says, six or seven HCA staff members gathered at her daughter's bedside, urging her to end her treatment. One nurse, Ella says, was very aggressive and came in repeatedly. She got really angry. I was like taken aback. The pressure Salas describes exists at some of HCA's other 170-plus hospitals. Staff are pressed to get patients into hospice, where life-saving treatments are withdrawn, and the incentive is not necessarily patient care, but the improvement of hospital performance metrics. This, according to six nurses and 27 doctors who've practiced at 16 HCA facilities in seven states, and who spoke to NBC News because if a patient dies in hospice, even in the same hospital bed, their death will not be counted in the hospital's mortality statistics, a key factor used by those who rate hospital quality. And the better the rating, the better for business.
2: I'm not afraid of speaking up in what I believe.
3: Dr. Ghassan Tabel practices at an HCA hospital in Southern California. He was the only physician of the 27 doctors we talked to who agreed to go on camera. Dr. Debel says HCA is constantly pushing doctors to reduce the time they keep their patients in the hospital and threatening to punish those like him who don't conform with the loss of their hospital privileges. In fact, he sued the hospital about this issue, and the hospital settled for an undisclosed amount in 2019. Why would the hospital care about that?
2: There are financial reasons. of stay is central to their business.
3: Length of stay is critical because when insurance runs out, hospitals have to pick up the tab. So moving patients home or to hospice opens up a paying bed faster.
2: I met with administrative uh, personnel and they said, regardless of the reasons, I have to find a way to lower these numbers.
3: Are you saying they really didn't want to hear about exceptions?
2: They would superficially ask me why, but didn't seem to be interested (laughs) in the real reasons. The 26 other physicians we spoke with agree. People can stop their care at any time, but to coerce somebody, to force somebody to do something, you're breaking many boundaries, crossing many lines, and and, and that's what I would have strong objection to.
3: It is critical, he says, that families and patients understand the consequences of going into hospice.
2: When you deny care that is life-saving, that, I mean, basically took away life.
3: Hospice care is appropriate in many cases and is being used more and more but the growth rate of hospice transfers at HCA facilities is roughly double the national average. Were you aware that the compensation that the head of HCA receives, Sam Hazen, is tied to keeping the death rates low at his hospitals?
1: Wow.
4: No. I had no idea.
0: So this one took me a couple times to figure out the, the, the hook because we know NBC News is, of course, part of the propaganda campaign, part of controlled opposition. So what's the hook? What they're doing is making HCA as if they're the only hospital chain that's doing this versus acknowledging it's going on through the entire country and it's part of a population reduction agenda. So then when you see this, you think, oh, thank thank God HCA is not in my area. So that's the hook. All right, we're going to go to one from last week on the 18th, July 18th from Newsmax next. So, Canada has a big assisted suicide program for all kinds of Canadians, right, Well,
4: Yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking, Chris. Canada is set to expand its assisted suicide program in 2024 to include the mentally ill. The program is only seven years old, but the latest data shows the number of deaths under the medical assistance and dying program rises every year. Officials in Canada say they've been prudent and thought the expansion through, but one medical expert tells Reuters that most mental illnesses aren't even fully understood so they shouldn't be eligible. Um, obviously, this is a, a tough topic, one um, that can get pretty heated. It's, it's, it's pretty dark. Um, you know, I think, Jason, probably something you and I agree, can agree on is I don't want any doctor or any government telling me what I can or can't do with my body. Um, but I think this is a situation where the slippery slope is what's concerning. Uh, the Daily Mail spoke with a Canadian veteran. Her name is Kelsey Sharon. And Kelsey said that she knows uh, almost a dozen veterans who've been offered euthanasia by authorities. She says that this disgusting approach to people who are willing to put their lives on the line that you have the audacity to tell them it's better if you just die. Um, what's your take on this? Yeah,
2: I'd, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think I'm all for civil liberties. I'm all for people being able to make their own decisions, but not death. And I think there are a lot of these things that we can treat people for. Now, it's different with like a DNR, you know, like if I'm going to die, let me die. But to uh Force death or someone who is struggling. I think there are ways that we can actually treat mental health issues. Uh, we can treat people for pain. I acknowledge that mental health pain is just as difficult as physical health pain.
1: I think that there's a fundamental problem with the Canadian health system, which is that when you, sh- you know, socialized medicine doesn't work. This is you know, where they have long waiting lists, they have outdated drugs, they have uh, equipment that's you know, substandard. There's so many problems with the Canadian system that for them it's like let's move quickly and you know get rid of these mentally ill people and it also raises a question what if you are a mentally ill person that you can't really make that decision is someone else going to make the decision for you?
0: Mentally ill people, homeless people, yeah. people living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you know people with Down syndrome and then gypsies or something? You know? Yeah,
1: no. I mean, you can't have euthanasia as an option for having poor you know safety net systems and providing for your society. It's just cruel. It's inhumane, and it's quite frankly, it's gross. And Canada, Canada's not the only country in the world that allows for this, but they are they are exceptional in a few instances where they do contrast with other countries. Um, a, they don't have a commission to look into wrongful deaths. Uh, somebody who might have gone in there for a minor injury and then, you know, couldn't get the treatment that they needed. I, there was a case that I, I read about of a man who complained of he- hearing loss and they put him. They, they put him down. Um, and there's no commission, so so the family members are, are lost. Um, also, you know, doctors can 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 basically suggest that you should be put to death. In most other countries, that's right. not the case. Nurses can provide euthanasia, and um, you're not required to exhaust all the other treatment options. So, if you're Quite at the agreeing. end of the line, you 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 can just choose to die rather than to choose other treatments that might be
0: successful. Well, well, maybe the Canadian medical system's long waiting list will be the salvation and people will have a chance to change their minds.
4: Yeah, it's unbelievable, I think, you know, what's next is that then, you know, the, the baby boomer population, the aging, the elderly, the elderly that are suddenly a burden on society. Mm-hmm. Uh, When do do they become the next target of of something like this? It's
0: the stuff of science fiction. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one has a bit to unpack, but first I'm going to acknowledge God's hand. I got home early one day last week, and I rarely watch TV. I turned the TV on, and unbelievably, this was on. I could hardly believe my ears because of all the studying that I've been doing. And spoiler alert, Newsmax is controlled opposition once fox went into onto the evil side so remember what this dialectic is is evil versus less evil so we've got on the evil side all the alphabet networks in this paradigm and then we only have newsmax stands alone so they set this up by taking newsmax off of dish network and now you know they Everybody started supporting them, so then they're set up as the perfect um, controlled opposition, the less evil side. So now as we peel this thing apart, we see that they're throwing Canada under the bus. Well, I already showed you Obamacare. Obamacare beat the Canadians to the punch. Our country is the best country in the entire world at projecting our sin onto everybody else Why we do something more nefarious. So this is a clear example of the lesser of two evils only pointing to Canada. In fact, they point out a couple of different things that uh, it's just shocking to me. They said, well, we, you know, Canada doesn't have a commission. So we, in our country, we have what's called the Joint Commission. This is the accreditation organization for hospitals. Well, we sent Grace's story and complaint to the Joint Commission. Completely, you know, they do nothing. You know, they're all in on this, folks. Uh, then they also said in Canada, nurses can write scripts for youth, euthanasia. Well, on June 1st, the governor of Hawaii passed legislation because there weren't enough people dying. So he passed legislation to allow nurses to write the scripts for euthanasia. So the United States is all in on this. Don't think that we're not. In fact, we're the ones leading the charge. All right, the last thing I want to show you is a tweet. This came from uh, last week on July 16th. And I'm going to pull this up on my screen at the same time you do, Don. So go ahead. All right, so this tweet from uh, Peter McCullough says, Cancer virus found in COVID shots. So there's a whole bunch of things here. First of all, cancer. So cancer is... We're programmed relative to cancer and this is what's going to happen when people come to grips with 100 million people on Medicare and Medicaid that 70% took the jab, the cancer rates are going to explode they already are exploding, but the cancer, cancer is caused by poor nutrition. So the you know, to to look at this, we all have this fear of cancer. Well, as G Edward Griffin points out, cancer is our body's way to defend itself. Then we have the word virus again. So the this whole virus is a psyop. There was never a COVID virus whatsoever. In fact, I don't know that there's been ever any viruses, although I haven't done a deep dive into that, and then found in COVID shots. All right, so again, we're, we're still not calling this thing a bioweapon. So it creates this fear. So now people will be nervous about cancer. And so as I see it, there will be a cancer vaccine. Um, I've already got some intel on that, that I, it's above my pay grade, but I believe that that would be one of the things that we can expect to have happen in the very near future. So concluding, Uh, COVID is a complete psyop, waking up those with ears to hear. Keeping people trapped by the lies of viruses and vaccines on one hand allows for amnesty and solutions, in quotes, being suggested in this recording by the other side. All the while, the esoteric move to something even darker, setting up the quote, light side solution is being prepared at the same time. How do I know that? Because the solutions being proposed by the great awakening side do not acknowledge how we got here by rejecting God. Therefore, repentance of this fact is not part of their solutions and is the only way out. Said another way, believing in men got us to this point. How can men be relied on to get us out of it? Once you are awake, your responsibility to be a watchman begins. And to that end, there's two mistakes that you can make. Number one is failure to prepare. And number two is relying on your preparations. We rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a blessed week.